Kick the jukebox, it's so much fun. Kyle and Louie are number one. Kick the jukebox, kicking a rhyme. Talking about music all the time. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome to Kick the Jukebox. I'm Louis Perlman. So listen, this week Kyle got a really cool professional opportunity that he could not turn down, but it meant that we couldn't record a new episode for this week. So what I did is I cut together some of our favorite conversations about some tracks that make us dance that we enjoy. And this is actually a really good sort of prelude episode to our next season where we're going to talk a little bit more about dance music and its history and about why it's so important in the musical firmament. So, you know, this is your favorite musicology podcast where we deep dive into an album of the week. And it's also an exploration of our friendship. As per usual, if you enjoy what you hear, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and you can follow us on all social media of your choice. With that being said, uh, we hope you enjoy this little retrospective episode that is all about some cool dance tracks. Thanks. What have you been listening to of late? Well, okay, so um, I was really lucky a few weeks ago. I got to go to a really fun benefit in Fairfield, Connecticut that was for a program that's called the Kennedy Center, but it's not the Kennedy Center that we know of. It's a <laughs> whole other organization that has the same name. Carl Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it I literally is another Kennedy, and I need to... I don't remember who it is, but the Kennedy Center, what they do is they provide programs for people who are on the autism or Asperger's spectrum oh cool yeah and uh they're doing some music programs right now for kids on the spectrum and running the music programs is steve scales who's one of the members of the extended talking heads oh that does it yeah yeah, totally come to learn on this podcast yeah and they're they're my all-time most favorite band and i adore the talking heads very very much so he was playing and Chris and Tina from Talking Heads were playing and then Nona Hendricks was playing who's also a member of Extended mm-hmm. Talking Heads. A lot of people would know her as being a member of the group LaBelle who, you know, Nona Hendricks came out and sang Lady Marmalade mm-hmm. and I was like shocked at how great it was to hear that song live yeah. sung by the correct person. <laughs> I was like so into it. So then I was crazy. like looking into Nona Hendricks and that brings me to the song I want to talk about today. The song uh, I've been listening to a lot is this song by a band called Material uh, that's called Bustin' Out and it has Nona Hendrix on lead vocals and uh, I think it's amazing. It is a really cool song. Like, it's like, um, it's like a driving bass. It's like a kind of like a like very disco-y song, but like definitely there's this like looseness and kind of roughness and because uh, like the the bass is really clean and driving, mm-hmm. but pretty much and the vocals are like she's like a diva, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the best divas. Yeah, with like an amazing super powerful voice but like everything else about it feels like yeah punky and no wavy and like 
kind of just like keeps it loose and freaky in this like kind of awesome way. And and this band came out of like the no wave scene mm. and were quite a bit more experimental. They made a decision to go a little more mainstream with their sound and this is the result mm. which feels cleaner than a lot of no wave acts at the yeah. time but also is still very weird dance music. Right. It was on this compilation called Mutant Disco that I was listening to and there, it's like such an interesting and unique time in music. Like, there's never, it kind of didn't really. It, it, this music only exists. It's like so specific to this time, mm-hmm. like seventy nine, maybe seventy eight to like. Yeah, I think 80. the song is from like nineteen eighty specifically. Yeah, 80, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even seventy eight is going a little maybe too far back, but like yeah, nineteen eighty is just like right on the cusp, and it's like everyone's wondering if disco is going to do anything in the U.S. and people are playing around with it before people totally throw it out the door a year or two later. It's really cool standout track on that compilation. Absolutely. And we can't talk about this track without discussing the guitar solo at oh, the yeah. end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Which really comes as a big surprise. <laughs> It's very messy mm-hmm. and and unpredictable right. and uh, is really a surprise at the end of like such a strong groove for the rest of the song. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it yeah, right. It, like because it's such in a lot of ways, it's a really precise, driving, almost clean sound underlying the song. And then this guitar solo. When I first listened to it, I think I was a little zoned out, and I just the guitar tone could easily be like hard rock or metal mm-hmm. like you know hair metal typey band sound like it's a pretty standard clean like guitar tone but the way they play it is like they make it just really messy and really fun and just weird as hell yeah absolutely i i really love this song uh and i really love that whole compilation mutant disco i, mm-hmm. I recommend uh that everybody checks it out because there's some gems on there of a very specific time in dance music history and very much a specific time in New York music history as well that I think has just never been uh, repeated. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this song feels really New York. Really, yes. Absolutely. Uh, All the the cross-mingling of different genres, different different musicians working together. Right. And, And something that I want to track down now is apparently... Material were one of the first bands to work with Whitney Houston. Ah. What are you listening to right now? <laughs> so for the past few years, I've been sort of interested. I'm not like a huge house music officiate. Like a, I wouldn't call myself like super, super knowledgeable about house music, but yeah. I've gotten much more into it and I've, I'm very interested in the history of house music. And there's this great documentary on uh, from the BBC, which you can find on like Vimeo called pump up the volume and it's pretty much like the definitive history of house from like its beginnings till like the late 90s from a british perspective but they give a lot they pay a lot of due to chicago house yeah um and uh we'll get into it but we are talking about a very influential european french house duo today 
and they especially <laughs> yeah, they're, they, very, they're very influential. Yeah. They're a European house duo. Yeah. Oh, I Don't guess, say we did. I, I guess we could be talking about Justice. Yeah, but Justice, right. Justice, yeah. but we're not. Although yeah. I, I I am a fan. No, 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 no. But uh but yeah, this is actually gonna be an all house music uh or all dance, dance music. Dance music for sure. Dance music, kick the jukebox, which is a rarity for us. But yeah. it seems that we just really want to dance right now. Oh yeah, we're 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 pumping it in here. <laughs> um but no, yeah. So the, especially their first album, we're, da- we're talking about Daft Punk. Their first album, Homework, was very influenced by Chicago House, and they were very influenced by Chicago House. And so I have been listening to. I rewatched that documentary, and uh, I wanted to play a song by Marshall Jefferson called "Move Your Body," the house music anthem. Cool. Let's let's listen to it a little bit. six-and-a-half-minute track. Yeah, 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 so that'd be yeah, literally yeah. our entire time we have for today. Oh, I love this. Kyle, right. Kyle, why'd you bring this in? Well, a lot of reasons. So one, so this is like, uh, this is like the house music, music anthem. It is, uh, so Marshall Jefferson, like a Chicago house music legend staple. This song is like a house music, like, you know, Mount Rushmore of house music, this song. And well, it was a few things. One, that sound, this is like in the mid eighties and this sound like that could have been played at a basketball game in like. 1998 in 2005. Yeah, you know it's what like I mean? a jock jam. It but is it's not. A, it's not. It's not a it's, jock it's jam. Really sophisticated. That, yeah, it's really yeah. sophisticated. And that sound was co-opted a bit in like sort of sort of jock jam things like tag team and all that stuff. Well, but well, it just shows how influential it was. Right. You exactly. Know. And uh, that that sound is like unmistakable. Like that was the blueprint for so many other house musicians and. So one, I've been listening. I love this song. Like I, I've been, I've been trying to cut back, watch my figure. I've been going running. This is on the playlist. Yeah, and, uh, and a lot of sort of Chicago era house. I oh, think is perfect. really good workout music. Oh, because it just yeah. wants to keep you moving for sure. But then also, you know, I was thinking about a little bit about Daft Punk, and this is a perfect example. This was notable as the one of the first. I think it is considered like the first house song to feature live instrumentation yes and and, and also uh I, I know this i don't mean to interrupt you please, Kyle, please. <laughs> Ooh, the polite house historian djs yeah uh i guess i don't mean to interrupt you kyle but this is also the first house single to feature piano right it. yes yep yep for sure and he got a lot of flack when it first came out. And I think he was kind of... Marshall Jefferson is a pretty eccentric guy. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to him speak, he like... He, like he, he 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 he's kind of like me in that like when he talks he can't he he's like goes into voices and like he'll talk like this and like <laughs> he's just a weird guy and uh, I think he just kind of like wanted to stick it to a lot of people with that like kind of extended piano wiggling at the at the beginning of the song and uh later he he do like some full 
you know, unlike a lot of house musicians, he do, he do like live instrumentation and like actually he wasn't just sampling or just using 808s and 303s. He he did a lot of uh, live you know instrumentation. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also like. I think it's sophistication to the be- beginning of the song mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. Where the piano almost feels like it's like a jazz improvisation. Yeah. And then it kind of snaps into this dance formation. Right. And it, it almost feels like you can see his thought process mm-hmm. in the song in that he's taking this element and he's sort of bending it into something very rigid for the sake of making it into dance music. A hundred percent. I think he was trying to stick it to both. I think at the beginning with the like kind of jazzy, bluesy improvisation, he's showing like the snobby, rockist, you know, traditional music industry music watchers, people like, no, dance music is real music. But yeah. then he was also showing the dance people that like, no, this is more sophisticated than what you've heard before. Like, we're real musicians. Yeah. You know, we can, we, like, saying to the people in the club, like, we're a step above you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Showing and and, and, it, and it kind of changed the entire world of dance music. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's funny, and and we shouldn't say that the only legacy of this is Jock Jams. No, my no. Yeah. And and only only insofar as like that as I said, like that sound was maybe co opted a bit. Um Yeah, very much so. Because but, it's so good and yeah, so catchy. accessible. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for but bringing that in, Kyle. Louis. Yes. Did you pick a song or did you or did you change your mind and you just want to leave now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm just gonna go, and yeah. Kyle's just gonna sit here. All right, yeah. I'm not. Uh, if Louis leaves, I'm just. I'm gonna. Yeah, we were saying before. I'm just gonna do the Garfield without Garfield. I'm yeah. just gonna. I will continue as if Louis was here. Um, but in my head, I'll just continue the conversation. <laughs> I did bring in a song. It's also a dance, dance-oriented song, which was not intentional that we did this. That we have this entire, you know, dance music episode of Kick the Jukebox. But I like that we've done this. So this song is one that I learned about about a month ago, and it's related to the Giorgio track that I brought in two weeks ago because this was the first song that was played after Giorgio's uh, set when I went to go see him. And my friend Jake Ulrich, who has very good taste in music, turned to me and went, this is Stand on the Word, and this is one of the best fucking songs ever. Whoa. And it is. I th- feel it is one of the best songs ever. It, yeah. I might be paraphrasing Jake a little, but Jake was like, oh, they're playing Stand on the Word. <laughs> so this is a song by a group called the Joe Bear Singers, but we'll get into this a little bit. Um, I'm still learning a little bit about where this song comes from and why it's important, but let's listen to a little bit of it. Uh, I... I love this song. Here's Stand on the Word by Zijober Singers. That's right. We must not question the good Lord. No. And that's how he works. That's how the good Lord works. Just listen to him. Don't question what he's saying. Just do it. Yeah. You know, okay. All right. So want to preface this. 
Sometimes on this show, we bring in religious music. <laughs> it's so funny. We bring in music that's clearly written and performed by true believers. Yeah. However, you know, I don't consider myself a particularly religious person. I'm definitely I, spiritual, but not religious. I fucking hate God. <laughs> I, I know. Well, Kyle, you're, you're a real nihilist. I hate God. You know, I don't know if you guys know how Kyle and I met, but <laughs> we met because I was walking by with all of my school books one day and Kyle was smoking a cigarette and yeah. he knocked them out of my hand. And I said, fuck God. Yeah, and I went, who's this guy? <laughs> Who, who's that boy? Yeah, who's that boy? Yeah, so this song is so cool. It is really, I think, one of the be-all, end-alls uh, of a dance song. And yeah. uh, I think that the devotional element to it makes it just such a joy to listen to. And right. then there's this, like, killer, like, early 80s disco arrangement yep it, 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 it and then it comes to this uh incredible rapturous climax mm -hmm. that's different from the rest of the song that when it happens is so wild mm -hmm. and I, I i want everybody to go listen to this song so that they can hear it for themselves so mm -hmm. yeah stand on the word by the joe bear singer so a few fun facts about this song sure this was a remix mm. of a song that was recorded originally in the early 80s by, and this will not surprise you, but by a group known as, they're not a group, they're a chorus, they're a church chorus, <laughs> the chorus of First Baptist Church of Crown Heights Incorporated. Whoa, so it was, in I, Crown Heights in Brooklyn? Yeah, in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. So right, actually fairly close to here. Where I live currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where you live, Kyle, and, and close to, to the studios in the beautiful Cape His Studios. Home of the Piss. Home of P-I-S-S-P-P. -S -S <laughs> so, yeah, and it was then um, remixed uh, in 1985, but really was fairly obscure. And the version that we heard is the remix, is the disco remix of it. But it was fairly obscure until it, w it seemed to be discovered by the French which is not a surprise, mm. and then leads to you know what we're going to be talking about today about Daft Punk, who sort of took I think a lot of interesting uh, sort of mid '80s dance music traditions out of Chicago and sort of mm -hmm. made them palatable for for the world. Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely Europe took a lot of dance music idiom from a lot of different places and and made it their own, and that's so much what we listen to now. And I think that's a dance. lot. I think that's a lot of what we'll be talking about <laughs> on this uh, on this episode of Kick the Jukebox. Yeah, we're just going to keep talking about what we're going to be talking about. We're <laughs> never going. To, we're, this isn't the actual episode. We're going to get to it. But yeah, and and the most popular version of this song was actually recorded by a band from France called Keeds, spelled <laughs> K-E-E-D-Z. <laughs> That's awesome. Keeds. Um, and I listened to it in prep for this, for this, uh, and it's from about ten years ago. So in prep for this broadcast, I listened to it and. Basically, it sounds like this song as uh, arranged by Justice. Mm. That's basically what it is. Right. Um, or by Key. Justice for our American listeners. Sure. I mean, really, it's it's only... Um, there's only French people listening to this. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also... This song was being played in a lot of DJ sets in like smaller clubs, you know, when it was rediscovered. And Justice actually sampled portions of this song for D-A-N-C-E. Oh. Mm -hmm. And James Murphy used to play this in his sets as well. From El that I know, which is the least surprising thing I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always yeah. think James Murphy's going to be British, and then he's not. 
yeah. I always wanted to be like, and now it's me with LCD sound system, and it's and he's I, a dude from like Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, I I I can only imagine him with like a hipster Brook. I mean, he's just the king of the hipsters. yeah. He's the king of the hipsters. Yeah. I know. I'm way off on this one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> thank you, thank you for your support. Anyway, that's that song. Uh, Stand on the word. Love, 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 love that song so much. And yeah. I mean feel like maybe it's time to start getting into talking about our album of the week. Hey, it's Louie again. I hope you enjoyed listening uh, back with us on some earlier episodes of Kick the Jukebox. If you're fired up and need a little more dance music, uh, I can actually recommend something this week. On Spotify, there's these really, really good compilation albums called Disco Music History, and they have like volumes one through 12 on Spotify. And there's some real gems in there if you do some digging. So uh, I would recommend that if you need some tracks that get you into disco music that you probably don't hear on the radio. Anyway, that's it for another week at Kick the Jukebox. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow us on all social media of your choice. Also, if you go to our anchor.fm page, you can leave a little bit of like audio message feedback for us, and then we can include it in a future episode, which is really fun. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around like a record. Kick the Jukebox is so much fun. Kyle and Louie are number one. Kick the jukebox, kicking a rhyme, talking about music all the time.